0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanny Swanson. What's up? What's up? Ooh, you're taking a... Brandon? Uh, this, is, this is big, guys. This is big. Brandon has just made his... Well, it's... Democratic nomination or convention Whatever day you just made your endorsement For the WPN the what's up Nation how does it feel
0: Uh, you know I I Like it Uh, the reason really why I used it is because I know and I hope that Sean Anderson will listen to this and tell me (laughs) to go screw myself. Really, I did it to annoy Sean because that is America's new
1: pastime. Hey, man, you know what? It's a huge nomination for the What's Up, What's Up Nation. And like I said on the fast break, I appreciate everybody of the What's Up, What's Up Nation. But welcome you guys to the primetime podcast, the best podcast, I would say, talking some college football.
0: I would have to say it's certainly the best, but I'm not (laughs) biased. I'm not.
1: And uh, today we're continuing our previews through through the college football world going through each of the conferences. You can check out our Pac 12, Big 12, and Big 10. Now we're doing the ACC. And if you are new to how we do the previews, is we're going to look at one side, we're going to look at the other side, and then we're going to give our predictions at the end. And we are actually going to start with the coastal conference or coastal division, I should say, in the ACC. We'll hit some of the teams, move over to the athletic. But the one I want to start with, Brandon, I want to get right into it, is I want to start with the Miami Hurricanes because they've got a guy in Mark Rick coming over from Georgia. Kirby Smart took his job in Athens. But Rick comes over to a Miami team, to me, could be, I'm going to say, the dark horse in the Coastal Division because last year they were 8-5, and five, had a 5-3 and three record. You may be saying, well, Ricky, that's a pretty good record, but they were third in their division. Now with a older quarterback in Brad Brad Kaya, now with Mark Rick coming in, could this team? What should we expect from the Canes in 2016? Well,
0: I think you have to expect at least better than what we saw last year. And I, I think with with Miami, you know, the time for Al Golden, uh, it was it was done. You know, something needed to change, and and they bring in Mark Rick, who is a, a proven winner. And I I think that that people will certainly uh, miss him uh, in the SEC, or possibly not miss him mm-hmm. if you're going against his teams. But I think that he's going to be a welcome breath of fresh air for Miami. And I think that moving forward, this is going to be an even better team. Brad Kaya is a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to be really good leading uh, the offense. And of course, you have year beyond the ground. I think that this offense is really set. However, defensively, I think outside of the secondary, you have some question marks. And that's going to be the biggest thing. And you have Mark Rick bringing in Manny Diaz to the defensive side of the football mm-hmm. to see what he can do. I think that Diaz is going to have his work cut out for him, though, because if you if you looked at if someone looked at Miami's team and they looked at the offense, they looked at the defense. Your, your offense is is pretty solid, and, and and like I said, Kaya is a good quarterback. He was he threw, I think he was either the guy who threw the least amount of interceptions or right up there for a uh, least amount of interceptions uh, for the season. He but threw
1: five last season. Exactly. Five.
0: None. He, I mean, he didn't throw interceptions. <laughs> none. <laughs> five equals zero. But I think Miami's defense, mm-hmm. and you look at Manny Diaz, who comes over from Mississippi State, and then Texas before that, he is definitely looking to bring a good, I think, fresh presence to this defense, and again, they they need to get better. I, I think at the at in the linebacking unit, mm-hmm. that has to be better. But they also are looking for some guys to return from injury as well. I, I think that uh you know, part of it is 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 bringing in new guys, but at the and same Kai- time, part of it is getting n- the same guys. Who were just injured well, before. Now you get to see what they can really do.
1: And you bring up the injuries. I'm going to jump in and you got to look at Kaya too being injured because him having him back and healthy is going to be huge because I know he threw for 3,238 yards at 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, like we mentioned last year. But it was kind of a rough year. I mean, he had a huge injury the week that Al Golden, the old Canes coach, was fired. And I think it was a 58 to nothing lost to the Clemson Tigers, got a concussion, and it was just a weird season for him. He's back. He's healthy. And one stat I kind of want to throw out here, and I'm getting this from AthlonSports.com in their article where they say, here's 14 ACC stats you need to know for this year. Well, the one for the Hurricanes, plus 11 in the turnover margin last year. And you could say that and say, well, Ricky, that means that their defense is pretty good. It's a little bit of the defense, but it's also that they have a quarterback who one of the most important things a quarterback can do in my mind take care of the football. If you have a quarterback that takes care of the football, he is going to put you in the prime positions to win games. Well,
0: that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing. If you're Mm -hmm. able to, and we talked about I mean, we talked about this last week. We talked talk about this probably almost every week when we're talking about these previews. If you have a quarterback who is smart with the football, who does not turn the football over, that gives you that much more of a chance to win, and that much uh, more of a chance to win the turnover margin, and to be plus, you know, because then hopefully your defense is getting the turnovers, and your offense isn't throwing it to the other defense, you know, that alone is going to help you win football games, but that is so easy to say, yet so hard to mm-hmm. do. It seems like so many times for so many teams, and it is. It's all about. You said one of the most important things. I think it is the most important thing. If you take care of the football, then, I mean, already you have to look each time. Why this team lose? They put up this many points, but they gave they gave up this many points. Well, what did the quarterback do? Oh, he threw three interceptions. Mm-hmm. He put the other team in a good position to win the game or to get points. So the quarterback not throwing the football away and being smart with the football doesn't necessarily mean you have to be conservative. You just got to be smart.
1: Well, and one of the things I'm going to look at for Miami is their schedule where we talked on previous previews, Big Ten being one of them that I remember, where strength of schedule comes in. And the big thing for Miami, you win the ACC, of course, then you can talk about going to the college football playoff. But you've got a huge opponent potentially in front of you in Clemson that you'll probably be seeing if you make it to that title game. But they've got some tough opponents in conference. They've got Florida State at home. They've got North Carolina at home. The, the good thing is Florida State, North Carolina, and Pitt, you all get those at home. However, you got to go into Blacksburg to play the Hokies. I want to touch them in a second. They have a new head coach Coming in from Memphis in head coach Justin Fuente's, and then you also got to play Notre Dame on the road Hol- Halloween weekend. So, to me, that's their biggest. Th- like from I think it's October eighth all the way to November fifth. That's one, two, three, four, five weeks of Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Pitt.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, I, I mean it's it's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. But I think that really at the same time too this miami team Mm -hmm. with the offense their offense that they have gives them the opportunity to be able to i think go out there and go up against some of the best of the best because they have a good offense now on the defensive side how does that hold up well we've yet to see it under mark rick but i do think that they're going to get a little healthier the the secondary like i said is the spot that i'm 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 liking it's it's the linebacking core that i the questions are up there but i i think that offensively, Miami could go up against a Clemson, could go up against a Florida State, and they could probably put up some points. And they could probably stick with them. But is that only for a half? Is that for a quarter? I mean, I, I think that that's the thing. Is I'm, I'm interested to see how this team reacts. Not reacts, but how mm-hmm. they come out and play under their first year of Mark Rick because the reaction had to be Thank God you're here because five failed years really under Al Golden was not good for them. Now they get this fresh guy, this successful guy who knows what he's doing. He's got a proven track record for success, and who wouldn't want that? Mm -hmm. And I think that Miami's very happy for that. I think the players will respond well. I think they will have a good season, but I don't think necessarily that it's going to be enough to push them over the edge.
1: Well, and when we get to North Carolina in a little bit, I'm going to bring back in Miami because there are some that, like I'm calling them a dark horse in the Coastal Division, but I just want to mention the Hokies really quickly because it's not only because they're my second favorite college football team behind my fighting Illini, but they have a similar, I'm going to say, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, a similar kind of situation as Miami does with a new head coach coming in and Justin Fuentes coming over from Memphis. And Memphis was a team, had some success with Paxton Lynch, who's now in the NFL. Fuentes taking the job after the great Frank Beamer, retired from Blacksburg, no longer going to be with the Hokies. Is this something that you think, like, okay, this is a 4-4, four and 7-5 four, and five overall team, and Fuentes with his up t- up-tempo offense that he's bringing in going to make them better? Or is this something where it's like, Okay, Fuentes has changing around the offense. Yeah, I know the defense is the same with Bud Foster, but they're not going to be a very competitive team in the coastal in Fuentes's first year.
0: Uh, well, you know, I think you take a you take a look at their offense, and they've got a couple of quarterbacks in Evans and in Motley who are going to be uh-huh. battling for the job. But I think another thing too is Fuentes coming in and his offensive line returns four of the five starters from last year. That's huge. I mean, when you are able to have that, Quarterback's you're able not to... not under duress. Not under duress, opens holes for the running back. I think that that's going to be really big for them. And Trevon McMillan last year ran for 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. First year, first year as their are starting running back, he ran for 1,000 yards. He can definitely improve on that, especially since they're keeping the core of the offensive line intact. That alone, I think, spells good things for Fuente in his first season, at least on the offensive side. So that's good for him, but Virginia Tech has never been that team to me. I know you like them a lot, but they've never been that team to me that has sparked me with excitement, Mm -hmm. That sparked me with, okay, I feel it with this team. I think this team could really be it. They've never sparked me with that. They've always seemed a middle-of-the-pack team that's going to end outside of the top 25 and possibly be a top maybe a top 30 team, maybe that's how I possibly see them for mm-hmm. this year but in years past they've just never jumped off the paper to me they just haven't done that
1: Well, and this year is going to be a very interesting year for the Hokies because I look at last season and besides the Ohio State game where they lost 42-24 to 24 and I mean you can even throw the Eastern Carolina game in the point I'm going to make where they only lost by one score of 7 you've got to Eastern Carolina, you've got a four-point loss to Pitt, a 10-point loss to Miami, a two-point loss to Duke, and then a three-point loss to North Carolina. Every single game in conference except for Miami, they only lost by a score. In that Duke game, they went to four overtimes, and even against number 17 North Carolina at the time, they went to overtime against that team two weeks before that team went to play Clemson, in the ACC title game. Here's the thing with Virginia Tech. Is is those close games indicators of what kind of a team they have, or are we looking at that and going, well, that was just the team saying, fuck it. This is Frank Beamer's last year. We're going out there and trying to win it for the Gipper. And there's a part of me that says, I look at those close games, and there's a part of me that goes, a lot of the emotion of Frank Beamer's last year is in those close games, and Justin Fuentes is going to have to try to pull that emotion back into this for those to be closer games or wins.
0: You know, I think that uh, to to your point uh, of the close games, I think this past year was, it was probably a little bit of both. You know, mm-hmm. they want to go out there and win it for for their coach, but I think mm-hmm. at the same time they're probably just, just coming up short, and, and it's because they're— They've got some pieces in place, but how many times have we seen teams that always are the team that come up just short? They're good enough, you know, to get to this point, but they're just coming up short. And that, you know, a lot of times we talk about, oh, they were good enough to get to this game, but they weren't able to win it. You know, they're good enough to get to a point in a game, but then no longer are they able to they're not able to go over the hump and be that be that team that fighter that really goes out there and puts the Knife in the stomach, mm-hmm. twists it, turns it, kicks them over, and they're dead. you know they they don't do that to the other team they're usually the team that that happens to, so what is it that they have to do, and I think it's on the defensive side for Virginia Tech, especially this year. they were season highs in almost everything last year on defense. I mean it was not good twenty six point three points allowed per game. yards allowed per game, 180.7 yards on the ground per game. Those were all highs in Bud Foster's 20 years. Can I throw out a positive step? Those were the worst. But let me tell you, that's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. It has to. And with that getting better, with the offense staying consistent, Mm -hmm. I think that what that does is that hopefully pushes Virginia Tech Mm -hmm. over that hump and gets them to win some of those games.
1: And I'm going to throw out on the other side, of course those were all bad highs for this defense. However, 33.5%, that's the third down conversion rate for or Virginia Tech opponents in 2015. So there were some good things that that defense was doing. And that's, to me, one of the most important things is that Bud Foster stayed as defensive coordinator, even with a new coach like Fuentes coming over. But I want to move on to a team in this coastal division that has a coach that is entering his second year with the team, and that's Pat Narduzzi, who came over from Michigan State last year in his first year, not that bad with the Panthers. Eight and five, six and two had to come over when Christ went over from the Panthers to the Wisconsin Badgers. I believe that's when uh, Greg Bielema left the Panthers to go to the Arkansas Razorbacks, but... This is the team last year that finished second in the Coastal at six and two, eight and five overall. Brandon, I'm going to throw this at you: Could we see Pitt fall out of that second spot? Are they going to be the team where it's like, yeah, they may not compete with the Tar Heels, and there may be a team like a Duke, a Virginia Tech, a Miami that overtakes their spot for number two and is a greater challenge to the Tar Heels?
0: No, I'll tell you what: I think Pitt could surprise us this year. I think Pitts could surprise us this year and, and, and n- not necessarily say win uh, the, the conference, but I, I think that definitely they could be a team that people don't want to necessarily mess with. How about, mm-hmm. uh, how about these two names? James Conner. James Conner. Coming back, hopefully, after enduring MCL surgery in the offseason and chemotherapy treatments for Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he's trying to make a comeback. Over 1,700 yards and 26 touchdowns in 2014. ACC Player of the Year honors. Can he come back this year? If he comes back this year, I think that's huge. And 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 here's a, a a quote from Coach Pat Narduzzi. Quote: I know this. James is an inspiration to all of us. He makes us better every day. End quote. When you have a guy like that who's mm-hmm. an inspiration in your locker room, you talk about. We talked about it with Virginia Tech. You talk about wanting to go out there and win it for somebody. His players want to go out there and win it for him. You know, I, I I think that that's huge. I mean, when you have something, it's like an extra added incentive to want to go out there. And, you know, this guy's gone through this, 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 and this. We'll go through hell every day in the trenches, every day out here to win this game for him. Not only ourselves. Mm-hmm but for him, too. So I think that's huge, and I think that's one thing that could really push Pitt over the edge in a good way.
1: Well, and I'm looking at an article here on ESPN where the title basically says, James Conner to be full participant when Pitt practices open, and basically he's good to go. Apparently that's what the team is saying. He's going to be good to go to be a full participant. However, to kind of piggyback off of the quote that you said from Coach Narduzzi, he also said, and I quote, we have to slow him down. We won't, or He won't slow himself down. We just need to monitor him a little bit, make sure we don't wear him out. We have to be smart. You let him go out there for uh, two a day, but you don't have him run every snap, end quote.
0: I think that's huge. I think that's absolutely huge, and that's one thing. Uh, that, again, I think that Connors uh, is is going to be – Connor's going to be the X factor. Mm -hmm. I think he is the X factor in this one. How does he come out and play? And how does that make the team better? Because he will. He will only make the team better if he is playing each game, if he is given the opportunity to go at full speed or close to it each game. He's the X factor. Now the Y factor is Nathan Peterman. And he is their Tennessee transfer. He came over after week three. And I, I think that this guy is going to be huge because he was third in touchdown passes with 20. He threw just one interception. Now, can he be as good as he was after week three last year? We will see. Mm-hmm. He loses Tyler Boyd. That was a big loss to the mm-hmm. NFL draft. But I think that Peterman can still be good. I think that he, he paired with Connor at their top level, this team could be very good.
1: And here's the thing I'm focusing on with Pitt. It's got to be the schedule. Because game number one, yeah, you see Villanova, and you're thinking, oh, oh, that's a good opponent. This is football, not basketball. Villanova's an FCS team. You shouldn't be scheduling FCS teams when you're in a Power 5. But after that, you've got James Franklin's Penn State Nittany Lions coming to your house at home. Guess what? James Franklin's going to be going to try to light a fire under his guys' asses this season because he may be on the hot seat. Then you get Mike Gundy and his Cowboys from Oklahoma State. Oh, guess what? That's in Stillwater. And then, oh, wait, when you thought that wasn't enough, you're going to be going into North Carolina to play the Tar Heels to open up your ACC schedule. That three, Those three games right there may determine – the North Carolina game may determine already if they're going to win the division – and those two before it may determine if they'll even be a playoff team if they win the ACC. That, to me, is Pitt's got a tough, but I'm going to commend them with scheduling Penn State, with scheduling Oklahoma State. That's what you want to see from a team. You want to see teams schedule the hard opponents, not go through a cupcake schedule.
0: It's going to be hard to repeat a 6-1 and one start from last year and a 5-1 and one road record. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the Panthers can be good. Yes, you mentioned some... Some good teams. I, I, I think that they'll be they'll be tough. Penn State. I I, I think that that Pitt will beat them. Uh, but I think it's going to be
1: tough, though. It could be tough. Yeah,
0: we'll they'll you, probably win. You think everyone in the Big Ten is good?
1: Except for Rutgers, <laughs> Purdue. Oh, no, not, really? not a chance. Really? Good. All right,
0: that was a. That, you're, <laughs> you're really nice, but I, I think Oklahoma State is the team that I mm-hmm. look at and I go, okay, you now if they can be an Oklahoma State, a team, Big Twelve team that can mm-hmm. put up points. And every Big Twelve team is known for putting up points, except mm-hmm. for the ones that don't. And I, I think that that's going to be a really good game for for Pitt. But again, I'm, I'm telling you, look for Pitt to to surprise. They were an eight and five last year. I I, I think if they get the same production if not better, out of this mm-hmm. offense and they stay consistent with that, they could be possibly the number two team in, in, in the uh coastal. They could definitely uh be a nine and four, maybe even ten and three team. Who knows? But I think that Pitt definitely has a lot of upside, especially going into this
1: season. To me, there are seven games on this schedule that come in a group of three and a group of two, or a group of three and a group of four if my math is serving me correctly, it
0: is the second that time that yeah.
1: is going to be key. That first one we talked about the Penn State, the Ohio or Oklahoma State, pardon me, and then the North Carolina. That's number one. Then you kind of get Marshall, you get Georgia Tech, you get Virginia. Okay, win, win, win. Then it starts that group of four. You get Virginia Tech at home on ESPN. That means they think it's going to be a good game if it's on ESPN. Then you get Miami on the road. Then you get. The team that most people are predicting to win the whole shebang in Clemson in Death Valley. I think that's what they call it, Death Valley. I think it's the same name as LSU. And then you get Duke at home. That's your group of four. I'm going to include Duke in there just because, I mean, they were good two years ago. They were mediocre at 4-4 last year in the ACC. But you have those seven games, and out of the seven, five of them being conference games that are going to make or break your season for Pitt. Yeah, and you got to play Clemson. Like I don't, th- I don't even think North Carolina has to play Clemson this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think that again, it's it's a tough schedule, but that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from a mm-hmm. team that, especially especially someone like me who's who's possibly overvaluing them right now or what they could be and possibly overhyping. You want to see then this team play the tough teams, win the tough games, win the tough games on the road, and then you can say, yeah. Yeah, look at look at what they've done. Look at who they've played, mm-hmm. and if they end up being nine and four or going eight and five again, I mean, yeah, you'd like them to be a little bit better than eight and five. I mean, if you're Narduzzi, but you look and you go, look at the teams I put them against. I didn't put them against cupcakes. I put them against good teams. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what fans want to see. Really, when it comes down to it, you don't. It's it's not fun to beat University of Nowheresville. It's fun to beat. That Oklahoma State, uh, you were not predicted to beat them. Or it's fun to beat, you know, maybe knock off a Clemson. Uh, just like I Not can't... that you will. I mean, someone will say, Pittsburgh-Clemson, well, you will not win that game. But if you do, the feeling of that is so much better than beating, like, Grand Valley State well, or somebody, was, you know? What
1: was the team last week in the Big Ten we talked about where... All I can remember is that they play, like, Rockford College is on their schedule. I cannot, it was Northwestern has them on the schedule. Something like, they're from Jacksonville, Illinois. I remember, I like how I remember all these weird facts about them, but I don't remember the exact team for Northwestern. It's like that. Like, why the fuck are you playing this team that's not even an FCS? But I'm going to use that to go right into the Tar Heels. And I'm looking at their schedule, Georgia off the bat. Illinois off the bat, on the road, eh, that's because they had an agreement to play us two years. Then you also get, then you get the the majority of your schedule. They don't have to play Clemson. Besides Georgia, I mean, Illinois is eh, okay, at least you're scheduling a team from a Power 5. But then your other non-conferences are James Madison, which is eh, and then the Citadel. The Citadel is usually a team that you get in the, what, Hawaii Five tournament in basketball, and you got to play them one game. Because we're doing all the preseason tournaments before conference play starts, but you look at it—they got Pitt to start their ACC. They go right in the on the road the next week to play Florida State. To me, that's the that's that's the stretch: September 24th to October 15th. Pitt at home, Florida State on the road, Virginia Tech at home, Miami on the road. There you go. That's the big four game cushion that they have to win and it's going to be the tough part of their schedule for the Tar Heels.
0: Again, the Tar Heels, a team that you look at and as we did with Pitt and and, and you said, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to be a pretty difficult schedule. There's a lot of meat there in that schedule. You know, you don't have too many cupcakes. It's just a whole lot of ribs but I think that Again, you've
1: some cupcakes in this one. Pitt has a way harder schedule than you've, North Carolina. You've
0: got to look at North Carolina's team and the pieces that they've got, mm-hmm. and they're good. Again, they return four of their five starters on the offensive line. So not only do they do that, but then they also continue to have Elijah Hood and TJ Logan as a mm-hmm. one-two punch uh, on the ground. I think that you take a look and no more Marquise Williams at quarterback. You have Mitch Trubisky, but I think that they look at Trubisky as a guy who's still a capable runner. He can, you know, he he can throw the ball. He'll be fine. Uh, But I think that they're going to definitely be leaning on that ground game this season. And
1: because you mentioned the five returning starters on the offensive line, this stat, and I'm pulling out stats here, and you're probably like, well, Ricky, you can pull out any stats to make things sound good. But the key stat coming in because of that fact 16. 16 sacks allowed by North Carolina last season. One of the fewest among teams last year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then it doesn't matter that you have a new quarterback coming in because if you give him that solid of an offensive line, it kind of takes the pressure off him. Like, okay, I don't have to worry about evading pressure because I've got five guys in front of me that that are going to do the work. The hog mollies, as I like to call them. They're going to do the work to make sure that I'm protected.
0: Yeah, I think that last season, North Carolina was one of the most improved defenses uh, in the ACC, but probably overall. But one thing that you have to take a look at is their defensive line, and they allowed 424 rushing yards per game and 6.6 yards per carry in the final three games last season. That's not good. That is not good at all. And people looked at that final game that North Carolina played, and it was against Clemson. Should have beat Clemson. And it was against Clemson. Should have beat them. But, yes, people will continue to say the referees screwed them. The referees screwed up. That's that's for certain.
1: Oh, you could have made plays earlier in the The game to win that game. You could have made
0: plays on offense, but Mm -hmm. you could have also held Clemson defensively. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that they couldn't do. And that's the reason why it ultimately came back, bit them in the butt, and they did not win. They didn't do enough early, and they could not close it out late. So, that was the problem there. But, if they get better on the defensive line, those 424 rushing yards per game allowed, uh, yeah, that's got to come way down. I mean, even if you say 200 rushing yards per game, that is a lot better than 424. So I think they definitely uh, can can do better there. Secondary, solid. Uh, they have three key returners coming back. Cornerback MJ Stewart Des Lawrence. They finished in the top five in ACC mm-hmm. and passes defended last season. That's what you want to see. Your guy going up there and uh, fighting for it with, with the offensive player. And I think that overall, North Carolina, I like this team. I think this team is going to Definitely make a run for best team in the ACC. Uh, Will they get it? Maybe, maybe not. But I think that they certainly are one of the top three.
1: Well, and now let's move on from the Coastal. Let's move into the Atlantic Division. And to me, the way this division goes, and I want to kind of map it out this way so nobody thinks that we're just completely just pushing teams to the side Boston College, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and NC State. It's a lot of teams. Those are teams that I do not think are going to be able to compete for anything in this division. I mean, Boston College, 0-8 last year. Syracuse, 2-6. and six. Wake Forest, 1-6. How,
0: how about this? Let me help you out. I bet their combined record between the three of them, about 16 and 20.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to try to do the math on that one. I'll just take your word for it. But... I'm looking at their conference games, and I will do the math because that one's easier. Six wins between the four. And that's because Boston College didn't have any. So I I just want to throw in there, I don't want to disrespect those teams, but I just don't think they're going to do anything. To me, the three in this division that are going to fight it out for the top, well, basically it's two teams trying to overtake Clemson because Clemson, we're going to crown their asses before they're even playing a game because that's how I do it. Louisville... Florida State, Clemson. Those are the three teams in the Atlantic. I want to start with the bottom guy from last year, from Louisville. This is a team, Bobby Petrino coming in his third year now since coming back to Louisville. And this is a team where I feel like they have the stuff to make a surprising run in the ACC Atlantic. Do I think they're going to overtake Clemson? No, but there's a good chance to me that they overtake Florida State for second in the Atlantic Division.
0: Ooh, is that a bold prediction?
1: Bold prediction Monday, or overreaction Monday, however you want to look at it.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah, Either (laughs) either way, you really can. I think that is really a bold prediction Mm -hmm. because I just don't see— you think that they're going to overtake Florida State.
1: To me, the key piece for this team is Lamar Jackson. This is a guy last year that I saw him play, and he was a freshman last year. Saw some of those games, and I'm like, man, that kid's got an arm. That kid's going to be good when he starts to kind of develop in his game under Bobby Petrino. And this is a kid that 1,840 yards as a freshman, 12-8 to to touchdown-to-interception ratio, had a rating of 126.8. This is the guy who is going to—I'm just expecting him to get better this year because I look at it and— it was the game that really kind of opened my eyes to him was the was the Florida State game. I mean, yeah, they lost forty-one to twenty-one, but he went out there, he threw three hundred and seven yards, he had a completion percentage of fifty seven percent, and he had a touchdown to INT ratio of three to one in that game. Where I, I know you throw the one interception, and some people may say, Well, Ricky, that's a key interception. But still, 3-1, to I'll take that any day.
0: Absolutely, you will. Absolutely, you will. I think that you continue to look at, and I've said this now a couple of times, but this is kind of the running theme, at least Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing, is where do we look at with the offensive line? And this was an offensive line last year that started two true freshmen. Yeah, they were thrown into the fire really quickly. But now you get that experience that you Mm -hmm. year under your belt. You were 9-3. and Mm -hmm. That ain't bad. But I think that now you have that experience, you saw what it was like, you felt what it was like, now you're ready to go. Year two as a sophomore, they've returned four starters on the offensive line. Louisville is going to be really good. But, but I'm telling you, I don't know if Louisville is going to be good enough to overtake either of those top two teams in Florida State and in Clemson. That is, they have a that's better, bold. They have that's a better really chance.
1: They have a better chance of overtaking the Seminoles than they do than the... Probably ACC Coach of the Year and Dabo Sweeney yet again, and Heisman front runner, Heisman prediction winner, whatever you want to say, number one overall pick, Deshaun Watson, because that's what everyone's saying right now coming into the season. But one more thing I wanted to throw out because I looked at another game that I forgot about from Jackson, their bowl game against Texas A and M. This was a kid that had 127 on the ground or 126 on the ground, 127 through the air. Two tutties, no interceptions through the air, and then two tutties on the ground. This is a kid that in his second year, I think he's going to make more strides. A year from now, oh boy, Louisville is going to be good, especially with Clemson losing to Sean Watson after this year. But to me, I just feel like Florida State, they have the better chance to overtake Florida State than they do overtaking Clemson. Because Clemson, to me, is kind of like the untouchable for both Florida State and Louisville, I know I just probably pissed off a ton of Seminole fans, but yeah, Clemson's really fucking good.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they They're are. They're just really I, good. I, I think that this is this is the the part where you kind of take a look at and, and you go, you know, Louisville. What are they gonna What are they gonna be able to do? What are they gonna be able to achieve in their first five games? They have Clemson on the road at Clemson, Florida State at home. Uh, Then they in, in November, they have to take a trip to Houston. Houston's going to be much better this year. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you, you look at the other pieces that they then have. Jackson, of course, emerged as a very good quarterback in 2015. And then you look at all the other positions. You have veteran starters, guys who have been there, guys that have gone through it. I think the offensive line holds up. They... Make the jump from last year to this year. The running game improves that you know that much more, and I, I think that uh, Louisville could uh, overtake a team. And uh, yeah, we'll see if they do overtake a team. When I predict who they're to. <laughs> now nah, I'm kind of being an ass like you are usually, Ricky. You're gonna hey, have you're gonna have to wait to see who I say they overtake.
1: Yeah, it's uh, one of those but, things. Uh,
0: I think Louisville definitely can push for ten wins this season. I think no, that's 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 not difficult at all. They lose to Clemson, they lose to Florida State, they lose to one more person. Ten wins.
1: Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule, and right now for sure, the wins on the table. They'll beat Charlotte, they'll beat Syracuse, they'll beat Marshall, they'll beat NC State, they'll beat Virginia, they'll beat Boston College, they'll beat West or Wake Forest. That's seven right there. Then if you beat, I didn't give you Duke. That's eight. You beat Kentucky, okay, I'll give you Kentucky, that's nine. That means you just got to beat Houston, Clemson, or Florida State. Boom, right there. Just beat one of them, and boom, you're a 10-win team. So to me, it's nine, 10 wins is perfect in the realm of possibility for this team. And before we get into, because we're going to get into Clemson really quick, I want to move over to Florida State. Is this the team? I know. I said I'm gonna say it. Fuck it. Louisville second in the division. Florida State's your second team behind Clemson. Am I wrong? You could be. They Unless could. you think Florida State's gonna win the division, they this could be. Year.
0: They could be my first team with Clemson behind them.
1: Okay, it could be. It could be. But what do you see from the Seminoles?
0: What do I see from the Seminoles? I mean, my goodness, I think that you you take a look at this team and it's led by Dalvin Cook, who who proclaims himself as being the best.
1: I'm going to throw out a stat. 6.8 is the number. That is the career yards per rushing attempt for Delvin Cook. 6.8. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Most guys are happy with four yards per carry, and you're getting 6.8. Yeah, he
0: started a new Florida State record for rushing when he went for 1,691 all-purpose yards Mm -hmm. for rushing yards, and then all-purpose yards with... That was the rushing yards. The all-purpose was 1,935. Ah, uh, Wow. 140.9 rushing yards per game. I mean, he was impressive. And we're talking about an offensive line that could be much improved? Mm-hmm. What the hell? How, how can it be much improved when you already have Delvin Cook going for that much? Oh, right. He's a stud. So I think that that is going to be huge for Florida State they, I don't want to say that they live and die by Delvin Cook, but if Delvin Cook's going, watch out, because Florida State pretty much won't need to do much else. And how about this this time last year, Rick? You remember who we were talking about for Florida State?
1: Remind me. Refresh my memory. Golson. Yeah, he's not there anymore. No. Not there. Who's going to play quarterback, though?
0: How about, how about, Who's going to play quarterback? How about that project that they tried, Everett mm-hmm. Golson? Mm-hmm. They tried it, didn't work. Comes over from Notre Dame, goes to Florida State, gets hurt.
1: Mm-hmm. Should just stay at Notre Dame. Well, and that's the one position. And this is this is why this is the reason why. Right now, I'm taking Louisville over Florida State. Is yeah, Dalvin Cook is nice, but to me, if you're playing the pros, you're playing in college. The most important. If you were like Ricky, you get to pick two positions where you could have the best player at each one. Just give me a franchise. In, in the NFL, give me a franchise quarterback in college. Give me the best quarterback, just a solid quarterback, and then give me guys to block for him. That's all I need. That is all I need at any level to be a good football team. Give me a, give me a guy to throw the ball, and then give me guys to block for him. And that's where Louisville has him. I mean, to me, Lamar Jackson is going to be better than, yes, Sean Maguire could start. However, it kind of makes me uneasy when you're a senior coming in and we're saying, and I quote from Athlon Sports in their preview, they say, where senior Sean McGuire returns, but will be pushed by a, tear, a pair of talented underclassmen in DeAndre France, Francois and then true freshman Malik Henry. That doesn't sit well with me, and I know Maguire. Back up for Jameis Winston. Back up when they thought that Everett Golson was going to come in and be the guy. Just give the kid the shot. I mean, the one game he played, and I know it's one game, the one game he played for Jameis Winston when he was suspended for stealing crab legs or something or whatever, he didn't play bad. He's a good guy. But when you come in here and say, oh, yeah, our senior right now could be pushed by some underclassmen, that doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't sit well with me as a fan when you got a team like Louisville had a true freshman play last year, play pretty good for a true freshman, and he's just going to get better his sophomore year and develop with those young tackles coming up with him.
0: My whole thing is the 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 part that you say doesn't sit well with you at quarterback, where Sean mcguire- you know Sean McGuire's getting pushed and stuff I think he like could that. just be the starter. I, here's the thing though, is that. You know, they may be there pushing him because they want him to be better. They want to move him to the next level by doing that. You get to see what guys are made of when you push them with other guys. When they just go in there and they get they're the number one guy and there's no one else behind them, or there is, and they've still got raw talent. They're not coming. You know they're not coming in that year. It doesn't do much, doesn't do much for that quarterback. But when you have a guy who's being pushed by one guy, being pushed by two guys, it makes him show what he's got. And if he doesn't have it, if he doesn't have it, clearly, all right, you're not going to be the guy. But this guy, he does. Or this guy, See, and I he could, does.
1: I could be wrong because I'm not within the Florida State organization. I'm you're not, not there you're not. every single day. Nah, I, I didn't Thought get my you were. press passes, man. Thought but you were. the whole thing I just think of is if Sean McGuire didn't have the stuff, look at what he's been through. He had to fight for playing time. When Jameis Winston was there, let's be honest. Was I gonna was I gonna say start him over Jameis Winston? Not talent wise, but I would have said start him after Jameis Winston got in all of his legal trouble because that's how the side of it I was on when Jameis Winston get into all of his legal troubles. Then he came in. It's like, oh, we're gonna see what he does. Nope, they hand it right to Everett Golson and don't even give the guy a chance. The way I'm looking at this is, I just see this is going to be another situation where it's like, oh. He's got a shot, and they're just going to give the starting position away to somebody else, and he's going to be a senior on the bench. That's, that's the way I see it. It's going to be another situation where either Francois or Henry is going to be named the starter, and McGuire is going to be the backup. And then you will see a team like Louisville overtake you and a team like Clemson sit at the top with their number one quarterback, who is the face of their team. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is going to be good. Dalvin Cook, to me, is going to be, when we get to draft time, and Brandon kind of goes away because he hates talking about the draft, I'm going to be talking about Leonard Fournette. I'm going to be talking about Dalvin Cook. They're going to be 1-2 to me in the running back department. But Florida State needs a quarterback, and to me, right now, I just... I know where you're coming from, Brandon. Hey, give him a quarterback kind of competition. See what he's worth. But I think Sam McGuire is the guy because of what he's had to go through at Florida State rather than a redshirt freshman or a true freshman coming in. But let's look at the last team we're going to look at in the athletic or the Atlantic, I should say.
0: In the a- Athletic Atlantic they're, Conference.
1: They're the team that everybody and their grandmother is saying, put him in the championship again. Put Clemson in the championship, book the ticket today. They're going to be in the championship. What's your take on Clemson? Are you booking your ticket? Uh, Here's the thing. Here's my thing with Clemson. And this is, to me, out of all the stats I've been telling you guys from some of them, from the Athlon Sports Article 14 stats you need to know this season, to me, the Clemson one's the most interesting. And it's one number 20. And that's the amount of receiving yards by wide receiver Mike Williams last season. This was a guy supposed to be the number one wide receiver for the Tigers last season. Gets injured on the first play of the season.
0: Yes, I remember watching that. Only
1: at 20 yards for the entire year. They get him back. They get him back when Deshaun Watson, arguably coming into this season, A, with more hype than he was last season. B, could have a better season than he did last season. Could be the Heisman winner this year, unless you live on the West Coast and you think Christian McCaffrey's the true Heisman, then you're wrong. But to me, this is going to be, they're going to be the best team in college football up until the playoff. The playoff, the reason I say up until the playoffs is anything can happen. Anything can happen when you get into the playoffs. You could play in Alabama and get roasted. You could play in LSU and get roasted. Basically what I'm saying is you could play the SEC. But they are going to be the best team all regular season up until they make the playoffs.
0: So the Tigers averaged 38.5 points per game last year. They return eight offensive starters, Deshaun Watson being the most important. Finished third in Heisman Trophy voting. 4,000 yards via pass, 1,000 via the run, he's really good. He's really good. They are going to be one of the best teams in college football, but unfortunately, they have one of the other best teams in college football in the same division as them. Florida State. Yes. That is why... I think Clemson could have a difficult time this year because I think we're going to look at two teams in Clemson and in Florida State who they're going to win almost all their games. It's going to come down to who loses that one more because one of these te- both of these teams, lose a game, mm-hmm. but does someone lose two? And I think that that is going to be the biggest thing for for these teams. Am I saying that Clemson is not going to be good? No, hell yeah, they're going to be awesome. And it's going to be so much fun to watch them. Are they going to be as good as last year? It's hard to be as good as they were last year and keep up that pace. Deshaun Watson was stupid good. That's a hard pace to keep up.
1: Mm -hmm. My biggest thing with this schedule, though, is, I don't know, you say like, oh, one of these teams may lose two. I can't find a two. I cannot find a two because the one that the one that's in question is obviously the game at Florida State because if Florida State beats them, but other than that, I can't find a two. Troy, that's a win. South Carolina State, that's a win. Georgia Tech, that's a win. I know I said I'm high on Louisville, but they ain't going to beat Clemson. Not at home. I mean, Clemson wins that game. Boston College, not a chance. North Carolina State, not a chance. Syracuse, get out of town. Pitt, get out of town. Wake Forest, get out of town. And then South Carolina, Will Muschamp don't got a chance against Dabo, Sweeney, and Du Bois. But the one game that I left off that could be the second, and I'm very hesitant to say it's a second because I don't know. This is a team that is good, then they're not, then they're good, then they're not, then they're good, then they're not. And we talked about their coach before we got into all these previews, like a month ago it seems like. But Auburn on the road week one, maybe that's the two. That and Florida State, if they do lose two, maybe those are the two games they lose.
0: You know, I I think that they could. I think that they could lose to Florida State. I I, th- I could see them losing to Louisville. Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Not even I'm ready to say that. And I said that Louisville is going to be the second in the division.
0: The, the the three of these teams, when I say the three, Florida State, Clemson, and Louisville, the three of these teams are going to be very good. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's, I think it's just one of those, again, I, I think Clemson is going to be good. I want to say that. They are going to be good. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be a top dog. But I don't know if they're going to be last year good. And... That's where I could see them. You know, there could be a team, an Auburn, a team that just ends up being a stumble block. They may come out and just pound Auburn. And then I'll look back and go, yeah, eh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But (laughs) there could be a team like that 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 they trip over. I mean... Let me just say, Notre Dame was not bad last year, but Notre Dame just about beat them.
1: Notre Dame was the only team, and Notre Dame should have beat them. That was the rainy game.
0: Yes, it was the rainy game, and
1: I was happy just because I fucking hate Notre Dame. But uh, Notre Dame should have beat Notre Dame should have beat them, and they were the only team to competitively play them at home. That was the only game that Clemson. Besides that, forty nine to ten against Wofford. 41-10 41-10 to against Appalachian State, 43-24 against Georgia Tech, 23-13, okay, 10 points, I guess that's close, against Florida State, Wake Forest at home, 33-13. to Not many teams played them close at home. To me, and the reason why I say Florida State and Auburn could be the ones they lose, and this is why I don't think that Louisville is going to beat them, here are their road games and their record last year. Louisville, three-point win. Then you go to Miami, 58-0. NC State, fifty six forty one. That's a close game for a Wolfpack team that I thought would get dominated by Clemson. Then Syracuse, they win by 10. South Carolina, they win by 5. Notice how the away games. Then North Carolina, 45-37 in a game that we all think the Tar Heels probably should have won because they should have been able to make. One more play than Clemson, not going to blame the refs. And then they go ahead and lose to Alabama all of those games away from Death Valley, away from their home field. That's why maybe Auburn, maybe Florida State are games that they I could see losing because this was a team that didn't have that same mojo when they touched the rock and run down the mountain before the game I'm or re- run down the hill before the game.
0: I'm really going to uh, – I, I would be scared sometimes, I think, to run down that hill, especially especially the, in that rainy game. If you slip and you fall, you are getting trampled and I, you're dead.
1: I will tell you guys this. One of the things I want to witness – two things I want to witness before I die, college football-wise. Number one, I want to be at a game in Clemson and witness that environment as Clemson runs, touches the rock and runs down the hill. Number two – I want to witness that environment. I don't know if they're going to do it now that Beamer's not there, but when they start playing the Metallica song, the Enter Sandman for Virginia Tech, and just having them run out, I want to witness and be there in that environment. Like There are just environments in college, football, basketball, that I just want to witness before I die, and those are two of them. Clemson's one of them.
0: I'll take uh, Alabama LSU.
1: LSU too, that's
0: oh, I'll oh. take I'll take I'll take that rivalry.
1: And just like the for Clemson, the anticipation, the you watching them kind of take the buses up the hill, they get out, they all just start to just congregate and then they touch the rock and just run down the hill. Oh, I'd love to be there for that.
0: Well I'll tell you what, there's a couple of rocks outside. <laughs> I've seen a couple of hills. And not only do you get to touch those rocks, I don't run you can down you can it. you can
1: no, I just you want to be there, Ricky, for Ricky.
0: No, and you—you'd probably start rolling down it. But oh, I would. I, I think that roly you could rollie oly
1: right it, down the hill.
0: Uh, rollie polie—that used to be a, a, a show Channel. on Disney yep. Channel. It was stupid as all hell. But I I did, like wa- I, I did watch it. I did watch you it. You
1: didn't like rollie polie oly. It was stupid. Looking like back on it, it was kind of oly. dumb. It was kind of it's dumb. called childhood shows. They're all stupid because they're for kids, right?
0: Winnie the Pooh was freaking awesome. And I loved and Winnie the Pooh. and don't tell me otherwise. But anyway,s I loved we're, we're getting a little Pooh. off of it. What I was saying is that you could just get a rock, you could hold it while you tumble down the hill.
1: Okay, I guess we'll have to do that. Pretty
0: significant, but <laughs> to 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 kind of close out this talk is there are three teams who I think that Clemson could lose to, mm-hmm. realistically, Louisville, at home, on the road to Florida State. At home against Pitt, three realistic teams I think that they could lose to. If you if you looked at this schedule and you went, hmm, if you had to pick out three teams that Clemson could have a tough time with, who would it be? Why Louisville? Uh, much improved team from they had last a tough year. Tough
1: time with them last year, but that was at Louisville.
0: On the road at Florida State. Florida State. They got out of the rebuild system last year. they were still okay mm-hmm. this year. they're gonna be real good and then Pitt, they're a team that was eight and five last year after going seven and six, six and seven seven and six, six, and seven. So they're gonna be better this year from what they were last year. I think they could they could pose a threat.
1: okay. The last thing we're gonna look at on this podcast, like we do all the time, we look at predictions, Brandon, this time I'm gonna start with you. I don't have a ballsy prediction like I did last week where I wanted to jump right in to let you know Michigan was going to win the Big Ten. And then people tell me that I'm all over the hype train where I don't think it's hype. I think that last year was hype. I think that this year Michigan's actually going to be a good team. However, Brandon, who do you got winning each division playing in the ACC title game and then basically going to the college football playoff because the ACC will probably be there.
0: Okay, so I'll give you my top three teams in, in, in both. Okay. And I will, I'll, I'll start with the Coastal Division. So we're going to go North Carolina, mm-hmm. we're going to go Miami, mm-hmm. and we're going to go Pitt.
1: Same thing. I got the exact same. The only thing I might change is I could maybe see Virginia Tech being third. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll go exact same for me, Sure, as you said.
0: And now on the other side for the Atlantic, Florida State won. Clemson two, Louisville three.
1: Nah, see, that's where we disagree. I got Clemson, Louisville, Florida State.
0: Yeah, well, you're wrong. But <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I could. I mean, the, those top three teams could interchange. I just it, think to be hard to beat. Florida State and Clemson, I think, are the top two, though. I mm-hmm. mean, any way you want to put them, it's one and two. It's one and two with Louisville. Louisville.
1: They're just they're the dark horse.
0: Louisville. Yeah, they're the as, dark horse. As a three. I think Louisville is mm-hmm. a solid three when you put Florida State and Clemson in there. Yeah. I, I don't think that they come that close to them, but they could still beat them on mm-hmm. a given
1: game. And that's where I think is going to happen. I think Clemson's going to get through their schedule undefeated. I think that Florida State is going to, they'll have the loss from Clemson. I think Louisville can get the handle and get a better jump on Florida State and have that shock win against Florida State rather than Clemson. That's why I've got Louisville at second over Florida State. But we both have—actually, no, we don't. We have different—I wanted to say you had Clemson, but you didn't. You have Florida State. You've got Florida State, North Carolina as your title game. I'm actually going to make a slight change to mine. I'm going to say Miami has a better year than North Carolina, that they shock the Tar Heels, they win the Coastal. Clemson, Miami in the end, we'll start with you. Florida State, North Carolina— who wins the title game?
0: Florida State, North Carolina. Uh, it, it's it's going to be Florida State. With that running game, and in the way that North Carolina gave up so many yards on the ground in the last mm-hmm. couple of games of the season, yes. Do I think that's improved? I would like to think so. I certainly do. But Dalvin Cook is a beast. He's a monster. And Dalvin Cook could possibly shred that defense, even a good improved def- defense, They're not vulnerable. I mean, they are definitely vulnerable to Dalvin Cook and his skills and abilities. So I think that Florida State is the winner out of the ACC.
1: They're gonna like Dalvin Cook is going to be the key for that team. They are gonna go as far as Cook decides to take them on his back because he will run carrying them. But for me, Clemson, Miami, this one's easy for me. Clemson beats Miami. What I love, they have the story of Brad, um, Brad Kaya win the Heisman, steal it away from Deshaun Watson, and then steal the playoff berth away from Deshaun Watson. I'd love it. I just don't see it. I think Clemson's going to go undefeated. I think they're going to get into the college football playoff, and then that's where things are going to get interesting, because it's who exactly are they going to play in that playoff. So, if you're kind of keeping track at home, I believe I've already named three of my playoff teams. I said Michigan will be in. I said Clemson going to be in. And I think I said Oklahoma again. I'm not quite sure. We'll find out with the SEC. I still got to hammer down some facts. But Clemson and Michigan, for sure. Man, wouldn't that be a good college football playoff game for a semifinal? Jim Harbaugh's Wolverines against Dabo Sweeney's Tigers?
0: It'd be pretty good. It'd Man, be pretty I, good. It'd be that better that than or, Iowa. Or against Jimbo Fisher. Yeah,
1: it'd be better against uh, it'd be better than either Fisher or Sweeney against the Iowa Hawkeyes. But before I do my whole thing and wrap it up, Brandon, give me, I'm going to call it the Swanee Pop Culture Minute. Hit me with it.
0: Well, as many sports fans would know, we kind of are going to go away from from college football, but as many sports fans would know, and Chicago fans for sure, Chris Sale this past weekend, the report was he didn't want to wear the throwback unis for the Chicago White Sox. Because of the collar. It wasn't comfortable. So what did he do? Not only did he cut up his own. But he cut up all the team's jerseys. And basically said. Here you go. Fuck ya. And with that. He was suspended for five games. My whole thing. I get it Chris. I love you man. You are a stud. And I get your frustration with management, the fact that they only worry about selling tickets, marketing, and all that stuff. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They're not worried with marketing because they don't have fans coming. But are they possibly worried with selling tickets? Yes, that may take precedent right now over the team because the White Sox are not good. My whole point, there are players, and there can be players, who are upset with management, who are upset with things that are going on, there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. Is Chris Sale? And I want to kind of throw it out to to you, our our viewers and our listeners. The way he d- did that, and if you know the story, or if you you've heard stories like that, are you okay with that? Are you okay with a player doing that? That's my whole thing. A player can go ahead and can have their rant. We've seen players have their rants and have their crazy things that they do. Are you okay with them publicly doing that, or would you rather have them? You're upset, okay? Do it all behind closed doors. Is Chris Sale right? Is that is that gonna be is that good for him? I, you know, or is that good for other players to see a guy openly, publicly do this? Is that good or is that bad? That's something that hit me because I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. That's something that I'm interested to see what you guys think with sports in general, because, again, this is not a, the first time we've seen an athlete openly do something like this.
1: Well, and that is going to do it, like Brian had said. Let us know down below what you think of uh, the whole Chris Sale situation, but also let us know what you think of anything we talked about today on the podcast that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. Our Twitter's down below in the description. Make sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com, backslash most valuable podcast just a, another way for you guys to help support the channel other than hitting that sub button and hitting that like button on our videos and podcasts. And, of course, it's a heart and repost on SoundCloud. want to thank you guys one more time for taking the time to listen to us talk about some sports, some college sports. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.